Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Stanfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett, and with me to go through a loss and a win, um, but in the right way, I've got the sports science duo. No Rhodesy again this week. He's poorly. Um, if we get well soon, Rhodesy, um, it's, you happen, you're, you're poorly far too many, far too often these days. Um, you're a big miss whenever you're not on. But I do have that dynamic duo. Um <laughs> And fresh from his first year postgraduate, um, you've been an incredibly busy man, Mr. <laughs> Dr. Phil Barter, uh, Professor of Data Science at Middlesex University. You've been an incredibly busy man, Phil. Yeah, just, I mean, everyone's busy, isn't it? But I think it's just... I think you're busier than most, mate. <laughs> I think you've got a particularly difficult intake at the moment, maybe. A challenging yeah, intake. Ch- challenging is, is, is a word. I think... Um, yeah, I think oh, maybe I wish I was more on the shop floor than less in the management ivory tower, as you would say. But hey, you know, say the V, you've got to do what your job says. And um, You want to get in a position where you can just churn out those papers with no consequence. Yeah. Well, that, that'd be nice, but unfortunately not not to be at the moment. But hey, say the V, say the V. But you're most more thinking, you have done, you, you have done your, your full Matt Stats pack, uh, yeah. match stats packs, and published them on UP Discord already. I've already done that, yeah. Done That's that. the most important thing. Brilliant. Of course, stuff, always the important thing, you know? <laughs> yes. And here is the man. The, the reason why you all listen to the show, he's had more clubs than Tiger Woods. It's Mr. Simon Brundish. Evening, boys. Nice to be back on after a win. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. Uh, just it was a bit boring, eh? Well, yeah, we still managed to talk far too long about those two games, considering it was, yeah. Um, but yeah, same as just the three of us again. There's a song I like talking to you too. I can't. Yeah, it's always good. You got you got a message for Rosie? Get well soon, buddy. Get well soon. Sai, Sai's got a Eat your greens. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's crack on with to lose three, a Liverpool two. Um, a real curate's egg of a match, this one. Um, but most importantly... Curate's egg. I love that. That is curate's a great egg. phrase. That's a great phrase. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the most important thing for this show um, uh, is is the rotation um, and then the starting lineup site. And there was quite a bit. Eight changes from the previous weekend. We're kind of getting a B team together, sort of. I kind of loosely see if we if we take out the bloody Mickey Mouse cop. I can see where the rotation is going, but it's given us, there are consequences to our lads playing in the Mickey Mouse Cup, um, sadly. And it, uh, some certain lads end up playing more minutes than they should in certain games when we're 
where it's designed for them to have a little bit of a, a break, but they end up coming on as emergencies or staying on because other players have to come off because they're shit. Um, consequences. Uh, and But this game, we, get, we at least get McAllister because of his suspension. Um, and... He, the front three with uh, with Ben Doak coming back in, um, kind of loosely. You've got attacking stuff, so theoretically on paper you've got um, a, a cruncher, a buzzer, and a spreader in midfield, <laughs> and you've got three <laughs> dribblers up front. Yeah, yeah. But, what else do you yeah. need? So, and you've got a connector that coming from the back, somebody that that uh, helps through the build phase. It's on the left rather than the right for us this time. Like on paper, it should work. Yeah. Yes, but as we know, games aren't played on paper, and it didn't really work. Uh, I'm afraid, did it? But uh, did it? Uh, but no, I thought. I think size so right. We are starting to get a B side, but it, it's a bit. <sighs> Like I don't think McAllister actually helped coming in here because they they'd kind of got used to playing another way. And but it wasn't it Gomez's fourth start in a row as well, which is probably not wise considering his injury record. So I just thought it was a bit. I thought it was a bit disjointed. We don't normally play with three dribblers up front, which probably means when you try and play the way we normally play, with not quite having the same components. Three, sorry, third game in a row. Um, yeah, I just thought it, it just it smacked of a side that hadn't hadn't played together it hasn't played together and I didn't think the units were as um together as we had started to see like normally you'd seen Grav Elliot Endo play as a unit and you could start to see some of that come together whereas now you've gone in there you've got Elliot and Endo but you've got Mac in there who's Mac's not really played that left eight as much as he has the six all season so yeah but I still go back to the fact that Toulouse are not in a very good form coming into this game. We're not in a good. They're only just they're only just above the relegation zone in, yeah, in League so One. Without sounding, uh, this is going to sound incredibly arrogant, but I, that side on paper still should have been good enough to get a result. I would have thought over in France, but as it happened, it it, it didn't turn out. Um, yeah, it didn't turn out. We did have two early chances though before they scored. Um, which we often talk about how that changes and it will come on to a bit more in the Brentford game as well. If you don't take those early chances, then things can start going against you. Yeah. Um, so let's quickly look at that match summary. Um, you have to do with my, you have to make do with my far more uh, rudimentary match summary than Rosie's uh, uh, model, normal monologue. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a reasonably close-ish game. Um, uh, you know, sorry, it looked like sorry, some of the stats look particularly dominant. Though. 71% possession is is pretty much what it's been since the international break. Every game yeah. has been high 60s into the 70s. I think the highest we got was 70, we reached 76% in one match. Um, but uh, 19 shots on target for us, only four on target, 11 for them with five on target. Um, and yeah, the and the XG was a little, a little bit too close to comfort. It was uh, it was one point zero to to Toulouse and one point one to us. But um, that that barely tells the, the the story. With I think three disallowed goals in the match in total. Um, I which, think so. Yeah, two yeah. from them definitely wasn't it. Yeah, and then yeah. one from us in um, mm. the last kick of the match. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a, a bit of a crazy one where maybe the headline stats don't tell the, the full story, but. 
Um, we'll tr- we'll try and go through some of the major moments in the match and the major um, um, the things which really have really affected the course of the game. So, Sai, those 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 early chances from us. Um, with the first one was a, a Gomez like back flick header from a, a deep wide um, free kick, wasn't it? I thought yeah. that was probably our best chance early on for, for the first half. But Doak had one cleared off the line, didn't he? Bet, well, he had one that blasted straight at the goalie amongst four yeah. of the players. So yeah. th- that would have been, yeah, it would have been either genius or kind of lucky to sneak through. Um, but they can do because you can get a little deflection that goes past here and there. Yeah. Um, but And that's probably about as close as Doak's ever looked like scoring for us, isn't it? Uh, Carabao Cup, yeah, they're similar, didn't he? Put it wide or over the bar from... But I, yeah, I know. You mean. It's the same situation, isn't it? He's 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 got to hit target. He's hit target, but keep safe. So, yeah, yeah, straight at the goalie. Yeah, yeah. Is we didn't we didn't look like we were threatening them. They looked like they were threatening us repeatedly. Yeah, on the counter, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the 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 big mistake for for their first goal for the opening goal, but not great. Was it Costas we're talking about? Yeah, there was yeah. there was a, there was but there was some sequences before that. There was I think it was um, um, from Callahan and the Kwanzaa as well in the build up, and then yeah, and then Costas just gets really badly caught out, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I wrote down catalogue of errors. Um, <laughs> that's I think that's pretty fair. And then and then it's a deflection, isn't it, which finally goes in. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> it was was it, go, was it going wide? I think it was going in the other corner, if I'm being honest. Um, I'd have to re I've watched it twice, but I'll have to re-look at that. I'm not sure the angle is you get great uh, to do it. So I've probably got it on the run. So what do you um, think? Was it, was, it going, was it going in without the deflection? Uh, no, it was going wide. Is it all right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he locks out, he locks out. He locks out. But ultimately, as you said, though, we, we, should, we had multiple opportunities to deal with that earlier on, but we didn't. And it eventually got to a, it got to a situation where they could score and they got lucky with the deflection. Yeah, that, that didn't. Um, oh, what is he called? It makes me laugh every time I hear it. Oh, yeah, Swazo. Uh, Swazo, yeah. <laughs> a bit of Swazo. Uh, put a bit of Swazo on that ball, uh, and he he definitely put a bit of Swazo on us on a finish early on from a cross down the right hand side that he slid wide, didn't he? That was yeah. their, like their best chance. Yeah. Until they scored. And I guess the main talking point of the whole match, really, for, for us, for Liverpool's perspective, is you know we know the we know the incentive of winning the group is you play two less games in February. You know you go straight into the, the round of sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we go in. We're top of the group already. We prob before kickoff, a draw is probably good enough to get us top spot, right? Yeah. And we're one nil down, having not played very well. And Endo, we should have, Endo should probably have been sent off. In the first half, he was extreme. In fact, he was extremely lucky to stay on. That's probably a fair assessment. Yeah, I would say that. Um, my, I don't know. I think it's contentious one way or the other. But yeah, I, probably. I don't think we'd have been arguing if he got sent off. Yeah, yeah. If he'd um, been given, would have gone. Oh, I can see why he's been given. So we're one nil down, uh, and then. We're trying to do rotation, and, and you know we haven't played a very good game against Luton. 
Uh, and then obviously the big players have played before that against Bournemouth. And then we make a triple sub half-time site and on come Mo Salah, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Dominic Zaboslai. And Doak, Endo and Costas go off. It's, what do you, what do, what do you put, how do you assess that triple sub in the context of the match, the group, the season? Well, lots of things immediately in the match. The fans get uplifted because we're bringing the big boys on. A lot of the players go, they think we can't do it. Yeah. Because we need the big boys on. And the big boys, some of them will go, yeah, great, I'm going to go and cruise this, or how easy is this? Or, like, it can have a multitude of of, uh, impacts um, to the psychology of the lads. Um, uh, We're going on to win this easy. Um, Or we've got these big lads coming on, let's rely on these. Um, But an instant consequence is that Simi comes off. That means Joe Gomez has to play the whole game and he goes to left back and they score pretty much immediately. That's a big deal. Um, And long-term consequences, they played Zobo. We played Zobo and Mo last week. Um, And it's the third time we've had to break glass in in case of emergency because it wasn't going uh, as well as we'd hoped after rotating. Um, so we bring bring our big boys on with uh, with a high in a higher stress situation. Um, it's theoretically we if we'd have lost last week um, and we'd have uh, we'd have traded last week's game against uh, the Mickey Mouse game against um, Toulouse game and we'd have fresher. Um, lads, and you'd have played a stronger, the strongest team. That means you have ostensibly three fewer games in December because you can just use the two, the last two um, Europa League Europa games for mitigating fatigue and for priming reserve players, whatever players players coming back from injury, players you need. But now we need to actively win those games, at least one of them. Um, so that puts an added stress on, and we've got the Mickey Mouse game in between Arsenal and Man United as well. West Ham. So there are there are significant consequences to not winning this game, and and to our strategy, which which uh, on the face of it has caused us difficulties in our primary target for the season. Yeah, and um, and it's fair to say that I think. You look at the first twenty minutes, of the second half, is is that those three bring those three senior, three senior players on didn't make an iota of difference. It was a pretty pretty catastrophic twenty minutes. I mean, so just just going through the uh, what the events, the key events. Forty eight minutes, they have a big chance. Um, Swazo, um, your mate, um, just basically really drags a a really big chance wide. I, he was, I think he was closer to hitting the corner flag, wasn't he, than the, than the yeah the far corner in the end, yeah. yeah. Um, but we can't we can't get individual XG values on Europa League matches, can we? For anywhere, uh, is it not yeah. on? It's on Footmob. Oh, is it? Um, I'd be ref as well. Yeah. No, do we do? We can't get the individual shot by shots on the XG value on FB ref, can we? Yep. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Not on the screen. But it, All right. It, okay. I only give it as a point one. Okay. 
Have they? Is that a new edition? I'm sure they used. To, I'm sure they always used to list them, but I never used to have thought they put the XG values on them. Yeah, they have updated the app. Shot. It's shot by shot now. So where are we looking? Oh yeah, so forty six. Yes. Yeah. You talking about the one straight after half time? That's point yeah, zero yeah, five. It was, yeah. Forty seven is a point one. That seems yeah, point one. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. He was he was one on one, and he wasn't that far out. No, I thought the same uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, he then ran have- Trent and he, he took it with the wrong foot. He, tr- he Yeah, it was an easy easy finish with his right foot and he tried to take... No, with his left foot and he tried, tried to take it with his right. Yeah. All the other way around. And then there, there's a then there's a goal disallowed on 50 minutes. Um, I I don't know how Matip gets this decision, Sai, um, because this was this was a... This would have been a catastrophic goal to concede, I think, and it should have been. Um, and it was Dillinger... Who, who got it? And um, but yeah, then the referee I thought was very lenient, really, for us down, giving that giving that as a foul on Joel. Yeah, he was. Um, I, I, there's nothing else to add. I just think he he got off really, really fortunately there. Um, in the context of the last couple of weeks, I actually think he's played really well. Um, yeah, same here. Uh, and this was a, a one aberration where um, it was. Let's say soft, yeah, in our favour for sure. But then he got screwed in the next match. But this was like the VVD thing, so isn't it? You know, VVD has his habit of standing up, going can't possibly be that right. You know, it's that attitude, isn't it? I think Matt has learned a bit of that. Although I completely agree, learned, there is going to be a hierarchy of arrogance in this game. Yeah. There's going to be a feeling sure. of we're better than this. I'm better than you. I should be getting these decisions. Do you know who I am? I've won yeah. all of this stuff. There's you no way this guy beat me. Because it was a yeah. shitty ref, to be yeah. fair. He was. He was. But he got away with it. Because I'd already written down 2-0. And then I... <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then um, there was a 57 minutes. That it is 2-0. Um, Dillinger this time does... And it absolutely rifles a finish in this one. A really good finish. Um... But yeah, it was not a nice goal. Again, that we would it was we were just far too easy to play. Well, this comes this comes about by stupid decisions that we make. It's it's the street baller trying to beat three players by the touchline. It's it was madness. And he just tried to he he tried to turn yeah. two players and ran straight into another one. Yeah. And and one pass straight into the box, finish. Bottom corner, left Kev. Like totally helpless, or it was. It was a good finish, to be fair. But it was, finish, yeah. it was sloppy right. from Diaz. Yeah, we should have been tighter on him as well in the box. It's like I, I don't know. It's so quick. Like they weren't expecting a turnover from that point. I don't no, know. No, if I'm just saying the defending at that level. I'm just, yeah. I, I just think the players should have been a little bit tighter, not allowed him to turn. It's not, they're not Premier League players, are they? It's, it's like a the speed of thought isn't as quick as as a Premier League. But yeah, it is a good finish. I'm not going to lad. I just think that they should have been tighter. Yeah. Yeah. And then 66 minutes, there's another goal disallowed for marginal offside and Donham, um, you know, um, I think he plays a one-two when he's just on the offside, isn't he, from, on the return on the yeah. offside. Um, no goal. So, and we don't really get our act together going forward in the match until um, Nunes comes on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Well, I think until they give they give us a goal. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure Darwin was uh, like particularly... No, well, I guess, I guess it was just coincidentally that, you know, um, that we, we started getting... Yeah, well, they did give it. Yeah, that's all I meant. Sorry. that they, Yeah. Yes, there might have been a timing element rather than mm. a tactical element. Come, yeah, they literally gave yeah. us a goal, and then and then they went straight up the other end from the the um, from the kickoff and scored a really simple goal. Because I don't know, is there data? Can we talk about the data of um, of? Yeah. It's hard to because it's hard to quantify something that didn't happen, and I really feel like. Having spent three years defending Trent from Gary Neville and his masses, I don't think Trent tries very hard sometimes defensively. Mm. There's a lot of people people supporting your comments on Trent on last week's show on the UP Discord group, per se. They're really happy that you um, you would actually call them out on his his defensive work rate and his tracking, particularly. Yeah, just put an effort in, dude. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this is is classic (laughs) fullback. Stop the cross, isn't it? And he, he basically makes no attempt to really stop the cross. It's just the guy yeah. puts a ball. He just, any fullback at any level, first roll, stop the cross. Okay, it's, it's not, he, he actually turns his body to make himself smaller. So it's not a block. It, it just, I thought it was poor. I thought uh, for the vice captain, actually captain when he comes on, I think that was poor. Uh, yeah. I t- <laughs> if, you, then, if you add the context of the cross comes right across the box, Right. Um, and Trent, so Trent is watching the whole line. Yeah. Okay? So forget for a moment that he dropped deeper than the other lads uh, playing him on. But what he can do is see the unmarked centre forward. So he knows the unmarked centre forward is in the box. When he chooses to not bother blocking the cross to the unmarked centre forward. Yeah. Like he should have been throwing his body to block the cross. And he vaguely wafts a leg three meters away. That's yeah. just effort. Yeah. And then it goes to the far post, and the guy finishes it nicely. You can't argue with that finish. No, he can't. Yeah. There's a big difference, I think, between I know you called him out quite rightly last week, but I think there's a big difference generally in our intensity 
uh, midweek versus the weekend. Yeah, well, I don't. No, I don't Ma- know. Look, week, look at Matic. I, th- I think big. Ga- I think there's there's a difference in in big game and and lesser game intensity, and I think you find it away from home as well. Yeah, yeah, but I look look at Brentford. It's not like a massive, massive game, but the lad, the all defenders were throwing themselves in front of blocks at the end there in the last 20, 30 minutes. That's exactly the game the was on the line then. Earlier in the game, I don't think we were particularly. It didn't feel that intense from like nah. from a focus perspective. We weren't. I don't think we were in a heightened state of of arousal early in the game. Yeah. I, I thought we yeah. we kind of once the second game we'll get to once we scored yeah. it changed stuff. For sure, because but before that, I think there were there was still a level of apathy, or maybe we were just not quite as focused. But it wasn't the same as this one. No, nah, this is this is completely unfocused. We, we were we weren't connected, and uh, I don't know. We talked about the distances covered last week, but the midweek games we're about eight to ten k down on weekend games in total distance, and about. 20 between 25 and 30% lower on sprints. So maybe they can talk about it's Europa games. Maybe there is some kind of game state involved in that. But looking at that, there isn't. Looking at the, the game we just watched, there isn't. There's also, it's not an argument side as well, but they actually put a bit of Premier League effort in for, for, a, part, for a larger part of the game. They get the game one early doors. We are much better in the second half. So I don't know. But, you know, it, but that's just us raising a level, isn't it? I'm just saying, if we're going out being apathetic, whereas actually if we went out with the right attitude, say, right, let's get this game won by half-time. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm no, saying? No, like, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to put the effort in like you would do a Premier League game, you might then be able to rest more and rotate more for second half rather than having to play the whole 90 minutes because you've not actually got the game won. Yeah, I, I see. I don't know what you guys would think, but we, I'm not convinced it's a conscious choice. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think they go out going, oh, this is going to be easy. I think it's a consequence of situation and how people speak over the course of the week. I see it in changing rooms where um, players are expecting it to be fairly the the challenge to be innocuous. So it just sets a standard, and it, it it's harder to get that real heightened level of focus. I don't think it's a conscious, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to try less hard. Yeah. I don't think it's about trying. I, th- I just think it's about intensity. Uh, it, it's that if, if you're in a battle on a pitch and somebody kicks you, most players, most in most top level sports people, they find something within them within themselves to go and win that next battle because they feel real innate um, a level of uh, fight that they want to beat that guy, girl, whoever is whoever just kicked them. It creates a level of arousal they didn't have before and a level of intensity. And I don't think we start games with that. All games. I think we start big games with it. Yeah. Um. Other fans might say, complacency, say, rather than your very nice sports science spin on it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's complacency. Yeah. I I don't think we're good enough to be complacent yet. (laughs) 
Am I also? No, but when a... you're not good, and then you don't, you're also the the, the, the people. People say like it's more. The more I think it's a really good explanation. But a lot of fans will simply say they're not pointing it in. They're not trying. They're not. You know, they're not committed. You know, it's own. It's only to lose. You know, in air quotes, it's only to lose. Um. So, but thank you. Know, I, I, I think but just 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 a rebuttal to that. What? Which fan didn't think we were going to win this easily? Hundred percent. Yeah. And I think yeah. that is the exact same thing. If you think if you think you should win it easily, it's really hard to flip something that sets the very, very best in the world apart. You yeah. being able to crush a terrible team. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's absolutely fair. Yeah. Um, should we talk about um Quivian Kelleher, say? Yeah. So uh, in his last four Liverpool starts, he is four. He's conceded nine goals from five post-shot XG, which is, that's really, really bad. And that's against Southampton, Lask and Toulouse twice. His career Liverpool save percentage is now 68%. I've got got him at 66. but, um, But yeah, it's not great. And I think he had one season... In, I think the season they ended up uh, in penalty. There was a couple of penalty save. There were a couple of penalty shootouts we got into, weren't there? In cups, yeah, yeah. And about, that's where he got his that. reputation. That's where he got a little bit of confidence, maybe. Um, but around that season, either side of that season, I don't think he's been very good. I think he's been a reserve level goalkeeper. Yeah. Well, the rumours were when um, that Brighton were um, in for him. Um, at the start of the summer, but that those rumours were actually before the Southampton game. So maybe that was the <laughs> that was the point we should have sold them before the Southampton game, um, or done the deal. I, 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 in fairness, don't know who comes to Liverpool to be Ali's reserve goalie. I yeah, it's one of the things you have to put up with. And just and just to be because yeah. I will be accused of hypocrisy otherwise here because myself and especially me and Rosie were very very positive about um, Kelleher's whole game. Um, yeah. In terms of being, in terms of being, the right understudy for for Ali, because it was it, it, it we you know we we was that okay he's got the, he's got the sweeping, he comes stylistically out, he he fits doesn't he's, he he's got the distribution yeah. he's got yeah. some of the shot stopping he's even got some of the command of his six yard box but all that seems to have evaporated. He's not season. played enough. He's yeah. not, he ain't played enough football. Yeah. As much as I think with the goalkeeper, I think you practice every single day. Like with the it team, still matters in a game, though, isn't it? It's still a different thing when stuff's on the line. You talk about that quite a lot, sorry, about how you can look amazing in training. I don't know goalkeepers practice all the time, but it's still. I think uh, Dave was saying on one of the pods about the comparison between the Brentford keeper and Kev is it, something like a hundred games difference, and they're not that dissimilar in age. Do you, do you know what I mean? I think it's just. I think that's what Dave was saying. I can't remember exactly, but Kev just hasn't played enough football for someone his age. I don't think. If Dave's talking about it. You have to you have to preface this with he's talking about an Irish lad. Yeah. <laughs> in in all seriousness, I think experience matters a lot. I think experience of consequences matters a lot. I think what you're saying counts, but way more for an outfield player than for a goalkeeper. But I think also Kev hasn't until this season, maybe, he's coming, he's been playing in a side that's been exceptional, right? So if we if a goal scored the team then they go, do you know what? Fine, we're going back. We're going to score two, three. That's not the same side he's playing in now. 
like there seems to be a lot of catastrophe. Like a lot, he's conceded one, he's conceded two, he's conceded. Two. Do you know what I mean? It's it's sort of very quick fire. This game is a quite example. There was three or four chances in a row. Hey, I know some of them were ours, but it's it's not the same dynamic or system, if you like, as he was coming into. It was a set kind of way of playing. I, I think I think it's way harder for a goalkeeper. What we need generally to replace Ali is is a keeper who can concentrate and make two saves a game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's not even having that. He's having 10 saves a game and he's not no making more. No. So it's actually easier as a goalkeeper to do the thing because it's much closer to training. Yeah. Than it is it's much closer to being a mid-table team or a lower table team in the games he's playing than um than what Ali has to go through mostly. Um I I I think it's harder to retain confidence. He should be able to make the save. We're just making excuses for the save. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I think we're making excuses I'll, for the save. He's not making. He's an average Premier League goalkeeper at best, which is way better than us. It's yeah, you know, nah. there is a real value in it. There's just a massive difference between a good goalkeeper and and an average um, average goalkeeper that is primed so, theoretically to be uh, um, an elite ball playing goalkeeper for a, a ball playing side so maybe he could go and be decent for i don't know brentford kind of surprised me with how ball playing they were but um yeah i don't know mid-table side mid-table keeper. a mid, mid-table yeah. progressive brighton would be a decent yeah. side for him we've probably missed our window to get maximum price on him though which is again another one of our habits we should have dropped into you know there would have been a peak to send him out i'm not sure we're getting a peak price but yeah i agree i think he's a mid-table premier league keeper maybe but that. again I don't know what better keeper you're getting in to come and be Ali's reserve. You've just got to be not, you got not having there. a good goalkeeper when Ali's not playing. Yeah. So just as, just as a summary, he's played. He's made 26 starts for Liverpool. Um, he's conceded 34 goals, and he's facing 3.8 shots on target per match, and saving 70% of the 70% over oh, 68% only so not great uh, in terms of the shot stopping um it just it just it just it's just a shame to me it does look like um a regression from where he was a couple of years ago but yeah is, tw- 26 starts and he's you know he's he's age 24 yeah that's not he's minus 2.1 post shot yeah and he said he's four goals under post shot in his last four starts which is bad yeah, yeah i suppose so that takes him that takes him down from 1. Point- 1.1 above 2.1 above to 2.1 below yeah yeah in, in just just in his last four starts for us yeah yeah crazy yeah, yeah he hasn't looked very good recently anyway more positive uh, subject Diogo Jota um we praised Jota against Toulouse in the reverse fixture for a fantastic solo goal that we didn't see coming sight and then he goes and does it again a week later or two weeks later I mean who saw this is, is this is this is this is this enough? Is this is it? Is him doing it twice against a Toulouse evidence to shake enough evidence to say maybe he's evolving? Maybe he's adding more strings to his bow. As a, I, as a what do you mean by evolving? Like because he's scoring a more spectacular goal or more individual goal rather than just happens like Gary Lineker style? Because Gary I Lineker, suppose, but they're much closer to the kind of goal he was getting at Wolves. Yeah, Gary Lineker couldn't have scored that goal against. Uh, uh, Gary Lineker scored one of those. I remember. I remember <laughs> it well. <laughs> Um, but he no, that's not the kind of goal he's getting. But Gary, but he's playing. He generally, he's playing in the six-yard box for Liverpool. Yeah, like he's usually on the end. He's not getting past two on the. Yeah, uh, and it, against 
because of his build-up was always his, his weakest part of his game. Yeah, yeah, and against, um, but he plays a winger, so it must have been creative at some point. Yeah, um, uh, against who did we play? Brentford. Uh, he played a really nice part in in the second goal. So, uh, like, he is involved in the good bits, but he's been a game breaker for us. Uh, a goal or assist every hundred minutes this season is pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think, um, Bart? Have uh, you been surprised by? Um, Jogo's goals, that type of goal, or just yeah, in... yeah. Well, yeah, well, that type of goal, and another one in the in the Brentford game. <laughs> so, but the Brentford one doesn't actually surprise me because he he kind of tries that. He does try that kind of thing quite a lot. Um, but the the solo ones he's done, uh, yeah, that surprises me. I I generally didn't didn't see him in it, but I'd like to see him do it, having a go at not having quite having a go at Toulouse, but against a higher quality opposition, but. No, yeah, I mean, he, he has been a winger though, so he must have had some some traits to dribble with the ball to carry the ball. Um, he must. But have he's always his, his dribbling numbers have always been good. Yeah, in so that so yeah, it's, I, to be honest, just happy. It, it it looks to be form is is a funny word, isn't it? But he seems to be in a rich. having gone a long a long run without scoring, and now seems to be involved in the right areas for us and having an impact. And that's a good thing to have because I, I do think Jotter offers us something different. As I said, his minutes and assists this season are, are, are pretty phenomenal. And given us yeah. that option in, in the the left hand side, which we've needed to be yeah. frank, we have hey. sat here saying you know other options we've had playing there just haven't given us the output, and Jotter's doing that. Uh, eight goals from 4.4 expected it all comes this season. That's hot. So, yeah. and the key is we've always said on this pod is that, especially during the COVID season and other points that um, the key to Liverpool, one of the keys to have Liverpool having a good season is that you need two members of the front three outperforming their expected goals. You can't be as a team, if two of the three are, un- are cold or underperforming, then we're, we're going to struggle as a team. But we've got Jota is hot and Mo is hot. Darwin is hot. Darwin's hot. Except in goal, except in goal scoring so far. And they're not. Try, it's not coming through the numbers, is it yet? That's oh, what I mean. It's converting. Yeah, it's conversion. His shot volume is so high. Yeah, yeah. That his per ninety rate is still phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah. But point is, in terms of what we, we've always talked about, in terms of outperforming your expected. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And but, in that respect, Jota and Mo are both hot this season. But they're also. I think the thing with Jota is. He, <sighs> You'll see on the coming on to next game, the three of them link are starting to link really well together, and that's another, I think, uh, symbolism of a great Liverpool team is the front three working as a unit. Mm. And I think you're starting to see that front three really working as a unit. Yeah, he, yeah, and uh, Jota is currently uh, outperforming his XG with post shot by one point oh nine, and Darwin is point seven seven below. So yeah, his his shot quality is higher currently. I think he's probably going for a little bit of a hot patch. Yeah, yeah. And the key the key is always right. We know that Jota won't be able to sustain this kind of form over a whole season. He's never done it before. He's always been a pretty much pretty much average to xG, virtually average to his xG for his career. Um, so he won't sustain this form. But for Liverpool as a team, the key is when Jota we ride that wave with Jota while he's hot. And then hopefully somebody else, Diaz, Darwin, will be picking up the slack when Jota cools off, and then that way the team state overall, yeah, out, yeah, continues to pull. I think I think that's the I think that's the that's the trick, isn't it? That's what we've got to hope for. 
trick is to try to get Diaz into some kind of form because I don't because com- he doesn't compare to the other three. Um, yeah. Like Gakpo sneakily does, but Diaz's numbers they're just not great. Um, one thing that Jota also does that we don't we've not really given him credit for before is um, that he is our second. Um, most voluminous player of getting us into the box. So through a carry, through a pass into the box, getting yeah. us possession inside inside the opposition's box, he's the second best in the team per 90. Yeah. So terrible out terrible in the middle third, pretty dang pretty damn dangerous in the final third. <laughs> Not a bad Not trait to have though, yeah, is it? Just efficient, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But you always oh, you always say one thing you like about him, um Sai is every every decision he makes is team first. Yeah, yeah. He but he, he's also giving the ball away less this season as well. Yeah, yeah. So his board, it, it was he was losing the ball with not the, in the first few games of the season. Last wasn't. season, and now it's down to <laughs> yeah. twenty nine. Yeah, he was a pinball machine, wasn't he? But yeah, yeah. You always say he's a team first player in his decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. not. He's he's the opposite of a street baller, I think. Yeah. 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 Okay, as a positive. And then, um, so that was Jota making it 3-2. And then at the end of the game, maybe a blessing in disguise that, you know, we didn't, it was a it was a pretty bad VAR call. How many phases of play did they go back? I'm not quite sure. And was it even handball, Sai, against Alexis? Uh, by the letter of the law, if it, uh, if it hits the... The silhouette. Uh, the sleeve. No, if it hits your sleeve, it's not... The sleeve is the thing that discerns whether it's handball or not, right? Which is a the most ridiculous, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's a ridiculous rule. But if that's the rule, that's the rule, and and it hits sleeve. Yeah, um, I can understand why. Why I would I would want that to be called handball. Um, I looked because I didn't see it live. I saw the outrage. I've seen it since. Um, there were seven touches between the. Um, the handball and the finish. And I thought having seen that, that that was too many. And then that, that should be a different phase, but the ball actually never let that. Like it, it, I'd heard arguments that uh, to lose gain possession and then lost possession. So that changes phase, but the ball didn't come out of the area. So the, so it actually didn't change phase. It's the same phase until the ball leaves the box. So it's still the attacking phase. So, By the rule, by the letter of the law, it actually is the right spot to go back to to have a look at how you created that attacking phase because it's all part of the same phase. So I, it's kind of disgusting. It feels a bit off that it should go back that far, but I think the rules say it should. Okay. So to sum up the Europa League, we've got a home game now against Lask um, after the Man City game to qualify with a game to spare, basically. Yeah, we just need to draw, don't we? Draw. Win and we're in. Win, we're yeah. in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. On to um, Brentford and um, Brentford's giant team. Um, <laughs> and um, one of the things that um, we discussed um, uh, last week, Sai, you mentioned was that Costas, uh, Costas Simicus definitely won't be playing against Brentford. <laughs> and it would be a. Um, but the other thing what I wanted to say was against this last year, we played an entire team, I think, of we had ten players in the team who were over six foot in um in, the, in a very, very dull game. Uh, Liverpool won Brentford nil last season, but a very dominant scoreline on you know. And we and we pretty much restricted um 
Brentford to not very much last season and largely nullified their exceptional set piece threat, which has absolutely battered us twice at their place. Uh, and we, it's fair to say, Bart and say we went with the biggest team possible again. I know we were restricted by injuries, but I, I put it to you that we probably picked this team anyway. Yeah, I think it's a really good chance that we go with this yeah. team. I, I think in a one-off game, he's probably picking Canate. But um, I, over the course of a season, how often has he picked Matip in a in a game with big, tall lads? Loads. Especially with, especially with aerial duels being a... Matip's being a great thing. in the air. Great. Endo Aero, seems great. to be good in the air. Yeah. Yeah, this looks like our, our biggest, our best aerial team if you theoretically start Jomez at left-back, which was the plan until he was injured. Yeah. Um, and... Do you see this, how big their right back is? I know he's fucking massive. Yeah. Age, yeah. Age of the Norwegian. 198. Dude. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's taller than Dan Byrne. It's unbelievable. When the whole team's that's, that's why you it. want that's why you'd want theoretically Joe Mez playing right uh, left back, yeah. but but he's terrible <clears throat> in the air anyway, so it makes no difference. Yeah, and, I mean, the, the other thing was Cody in midfield, wasn't he? As an eight. And, and this was the, this was the game he did it last season. Yeah, it was. So yeah, Dom, Cody, and Endo as a tall, the tallest midfield three we could offer at this particular time. Yeah. So I and I would have think Jones would have been a shoe in if he'd have played and maybe not, you know, and instead of Endo. Um but yeah. Um and um and, and unsurprisingly, no Harvey Elliott in the starting eleven right. against Brentford. He's not started any uh, Premier League games, so I would <laughs> No, what I mean is I guess they the, 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 the tallest yeah, the t- yeah. I think we're just trying to pick the tall or the the best. Yeah, we're playing a forward in midfield instead of Harvey, who's been really good in midfield. Yeah, yeah. just because of his height. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and whether you whether 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 Cody's actually good in the air or not is a moot point. But at the end, he had, at the end of the day, he is six foot two, six, six three. three. Yeah. yeah, so he is tall. Whether he's yeah, so that, he, can uti- he can physically compete, right? Whereas as yeah, utility, yeah, as a utility. Whereas as we saw last week, and you gave him the benefit of the doubt on the key moment against Luton, Harvey can compete physically. Mm. So yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. Though. I think you called it early on, then you said Cody would start this game. What? Yeah, I just thought, I just thought based on what we did last season, I think yeah. that we, you know, I think, I think based on the second, we've lost, we've lost at Brentford twice, haven't we? Uh, yeah. No, we don't. One of them felt like a defeat because it was a 3 3, and then we lost the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was at their place, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's good that we've learned that, you know, maybe Brentford is a unique challenge in the Premier League pretty much now. Um, and you just have to pick a, the horses for courses. Yeah, you have to win the game. Yeah, win the game in front of you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the biggest team possible. Sai, anything else you want to comment about that starting lineup? We, we it was it was really the only team we could pick because we've suddenly got injuries. So it's the first time we've had more than five injuries in a season. Yeah. In a game this season. Bench was a little bit limited, wasn't it? Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was the it was Diaz, Elliot, and Kwanzaa. I know Diaz, McAllister then... uh, suspended, so oh, we've yeah. got seven injuries plus Mac out, and so on the bench you've got uh, the kid Neoni making his debut in the squad at sixteen, He's just signed his contract. Um, Scanlon and Chambers on the bench with McConnell and Kwanzaa yeah. and Harvey, like and Doak. It might be the youngest squad. It might be the youngest bench we've ever put out. I've not yeah. seen anybody write it, but I can't fathom we've had a younger bench ever. We've got two 17-year-olds and a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old. 
in the league. Yeah, that's like the end of Brendan. Like, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's not much depth there for um the spring it, if we have to go on a run in you know multiple competitions. Is there? Uh, wow, well, seven injuries, but no. Yeah, you got Matt coming back. You got Matt coming back, and you got a two-week break. I mean, so just on the fresh injuries, um, Canate and, and um, Gomez say, and do we know anything about either of those two injuries? Uh, Canate hamstring and hip. That's what we've got so far. Uh, they theoretically should be after the international break. But how many times do you hear they'll be back after the international break? Yeah. And then and it's which international break? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Canate was two weeks last time and it turned out to be six. Yeah, he's not a quick healer, is he? Yeah. And and, and Joe is hip, is it? Yeah. Okay. More confident than that? fatigue-related issue, for sure. Okay. What about CJ and Grav? Uh, knee and calf. Back for City or not? Who knows? I, 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 there's no predicting any, either of those two. Because I, I don't know Grav at all and there's no predicting for CJ. Um, yes, CJ is key for me for that one. Any comments on the uh, starting lineup for Brentford, uh, Butts? They switched to a back five from the previous game. And they put their left back from the previous game into midfield, who lasted till half time and then got hauled off. Um, and went back to the original uh midfielder. Don't ask me to pronounce their names. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I won't quite butcher them for you. But um they went with a, a five three two rather than against West Ham, it was a four three three. So um which might have been a response to us, but if you look at the the way they Played, although they did play some nice football, I agree with size early comments. They're, they're still, when we come on to it, their passing chains were just predominantly below five. So they were still very low five and the connections they had uh, were, were between the front two. They were just getting the front two into areas to then yeah, dribble and have an attack. But um, yeah, the, the big change for them was a back five. Um, yeah, and they put more taller lads in basically. Didn't they, do that? didn't they do that at Anfield last season as well? Yes, they did. Yeah, it seems to be like we've got a go to game plan for them, they seem to have a go to game plan for us. Our long ball, so. Their long ball rate at Anfield last season was 27%, it was 15 in this. Okay, yeah, 15 is the lowest they've ever had against us by five. Now, remember last season though, on the pod, we spent all that time talking about the ball in playtime and the number of restarts and everything like that. It wasn't quite as bad as that this time around, was it? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. 
So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Still a long game. 112? Under 12 minutes? Yeah, yeah. 102 minutes. 102 minutes. But what I mean is it it wasn't quite... Six minutes added on each half. In terms of the number of goal kicks and the number of um, throw-ins, it wasn't as egregiously bad as the last one. And then the time wasting over set throw-ins and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't as bad as last season, I don't think. I didn't didn't think anyway. It It didn't seem that, but there was two massive bar decisions to be had on there, so maybe that, but yeah. Yeah. I I felt like they were setting up trying to beat us. And last season, they were setting up trying not to lose. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Well, they have just come off uh, the three-peat of wins at Stamford Bridge, of course, so they're going to be having confidence. And I think they had three wins in a row, didn't they, in the league before this? So they're in good form. Um, but yeah, the XG was close on all the models. Um, on on, the, on Brent uh, on um, FB Ref, it was 1.7 for us, 1.6 for Brentford. And on Understat, it was 1.6 for us and 1.5 for Brentford. So not much in the, in that, although a lot of the Brentford XG was in what we call garbage time when the the game, the result was already assured. Uh, in terms of the other key stats of the match, uh, where are we looking now? It was, it was, it was a pretty emphatic performance, to be honest, in, in, in terms of the, what, what, what really matters. In the 59% uh, possession for us, um, uh, seventeen shots on seventeen shots total to sixteen, but we had ten on target. Brentford only had three shots on target at sixteen, which is pretty shocking. We had two point uh, five post shot. They had one. Yeah, yeah. And the big chances was uh, three two. Was it in the end? I think so. Yeah, I think um, XT wise they created more. No, yes, they yeah, they did. More, yeah. yeah, more XT than us, but we. Critically, and I know I'm boring about this, but we converted more of our XT to XG. Great percentage. Uh, 97.2% we convert, which is low for us. We normally go over 100% of our conversion. They only managed to convert 70%. So that's, I think, your point you said earlier on there, Darth. The amount of the ratio of on target to off target is is absolutely critical. We, we had 10 on target to their three, but roughly the same amount of shots. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was... Um, it was interesting. Note on this one as well, as you guys saw me getting really pissed off on a Monday morning after I'd done the viz, uh, <laughs> a, a, lot of the, a lot of the XG jump numbers changed because they originally post-game won the XG. 1.4 to 1.5. And on Monday morning, they readdressed a lot of our... And it only nodded it by, you know, 0.1 here, 0.4 there. Darwin, one of the ones, went from 0.1 to 0.2. So it all adds up, but it meant eventually we won the XG, having lost it after the game, and they, they lost it. No, FB Ref even changed their numbers from the ones you quoted as well, Darth. Yeah. Hmm. So well. there was a lot of recalculation after this. It, similarly, the headers seemed to be the ones that were most changed. Um, I was so annoyed I didn't go for a note the ones that I definitely changed I was just rapidly trying to make sure the business was right but um, yeah, yeah it, it was for us to go from basically 1.4 to 1.7 after recalculation it is quite a large change in XG that's a big that's a big chance effectively yeah 
Yeah, and it was lots of lots of small incremental changes, not one big change. I think one of them was a Darwin one, and I can't around uh, second half there was a chart. One of the Darwin ones definitely went up by by a point by a whole ten percent, if you like. But other than that, it was just incremental changes. Yeah. Okay, so we are going to talk about right. So at the at, at the point we went three 0 up and killed the game, the all all the stats were looking very dominant in our favour, including XG and the XT, with a couple of exceptions which we'll come on to. But there was a, a lot of X, XG and XT for for I mean, they won they 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 had about 0.7 XT in at three 0 down, and you know I, I I'm not particularly bothered about that kind of thing as we said that due on the forest yeah part, I think it was as well. Um, however, the ones we will talk about are at the start of the game. There was a moment; like, it wasn't even really converted into anything like a shot. But Ben Mee puts a ball into our box, which we don't clear, and it bounces around at least four times. It ends up with with Pinnock having a kind of a scuffed shot, and that's the kind of thing that registers a lot. Um, Bart's is a good example of something which registers a lot on XT, but doesn't have much in terms of XG. Yeah, that's is that that's. Uh, let me just get the biz up. That's on. It's one on five minutes. There's one on seventeen minutes. Uh, is yeah. The, is it, yeah. So the, the one on score. five minutes is their third highest uh, XT peak of the game. Yeah. Um, it, it's a that's a huge chance for them. The, one thing to note for Brentford is that every large peak of EPV XT, they got a shot away. Right. So what I'm trying to say is that they, they, this is, whereas conversely to us, we had some large peaks of XT and XEPV. We didn't always get a shot away. Mm. So uh, we were quite wasteful. But anyway, yeah. So on that one after five minutes, that is, that's their third highest uh, XT peak of the game. Yeah, and it was just a, it was just an, it was just a nothing thing, nothing ball in. It's just Benny. position though. It's yeah. central. It's in the it's in the box, and it's... it bobbles, it bobbles around a bit, and it's in there for a good three seconds, maybe four Pinnock shoots. Yeah, and it, yeah. and he sort of, he sort of scuffs it, doesn't he? Really, and I think yeah. it was wide actually. Yeah, definitely, it just goes wider. But that's uh, a when, when we when, it's a good example for the for the listeners to think about the difference between expected threat and expected goals. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that, and that's it, a good that's a good example. Definitely. And the Bueno, is it Bueno? Is that how you say his name? In Bueno. In Bueno on 17, where he puts it just wide, uh, or Ali saves it. Is that right? That's, am I thinking the right one? That's also really high XP. That's that's nearly. No, uh, you're thinking about the one which was a big chance at 0 0. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. But we'll come on to that. You're thinking the Trent error. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. But again, big, big XT again. Big three. It, it, but you're right. That's an example. The first one in the first five minutes is a classic example. It's a threatening area, but they just didn't execute finish. Right. Ty, do you want to do, do you want to do the Trent area? Ty? Uh, uh, you just mentioned uh, the Trent area. Do, do you want to do that now? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, um, we then have two disallowed goals um, at this, both from Darwin. And I'm, I'm particularly galled up the first one, not the overhead kick, the first one, because there's a nice build-up here, Simicast and Jota. Jota cuts it back, and, and, and Zobo mishits a, a shot. But this is precisely the type of chance that I, I've been wanting to see Darwin to see. He's Because it's the kind where he's got, he's got time to think and he's got time to fuck it up. But he, he takes a beautiful first touch, and then he puts a right foot finish in off the post, beats the keeper, and he's just basically half a boot length offside, isn't he? 
in the build-up. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking that that was that's exactly the type of goal I want him to score as a, as, as a central striker. Hundred percent. It's it, it's a good finish. Yeah. It's exactly what you want him to do. Ball drops to his feet, good touch, and he puts it in the back of the net. Yeah, that's what Jota would do. That's the kind of goal that Jota would score. Yeah, yeah, it would. Although Jota had a couple of horrendous touches in this game, but yeah, we'll come on to those. But no, yeah, you're right. I thought I thought I thought it was just really tight, I have to say. Um and I'm still not sure the pro. The linesman because... gave it in real time. He That's what I'm saying. The ref, the line gave it in real time. I don't think you were supposed to do that because on the Brentford one that we we will talk about, the liner didn't put his flag up, but he looked offside. It looked about the same amount offside. It's just a real weird inconsistency. I, I've, seen, I've seen it in real time happen three times this season, and they're always against us. They're only allowed to put it up if it's a, if it's a obvious. Yeah. And they always had to be reviewed like 30 times to find out whether they're offside or not. Yeah. I, I'm not... Con- oh, I'll say that. We've seen it happen, but if the liner doesn't put his flag up, I'm not sure what happened. You know, it's just... It's a real, real still checks because they check everything. Yeah, true, they're true. Yeah, true. They would have yeah. found that, the, the toenail that was offside. Yeah. But then there was a second offside when, from a set play, uh, VVD heads goal-bound, keeper saves, and... Darwin scoops in an overhead finish on the rebound, but he was a good meter off. When outside, Dijk, yeah, yeah. When that, that was yeah. more emphatic. When, but that that was more an instinctive finish, and it's a shame that one didn't go in. But yeah, that first one was the, you know, the when he, he had time to think about the ball coming to him, didn't he, and make the touch and it was, it was the different type of finish we spoke about yeah. in the last pod, right? It wasn't yeah. the blast. It wasn't the instinct. We've seen him do instinctive volleys before, right? We shouldn't yeah. do that. It was a touch and a nice finish. It was just nice to see that. I agree with Darby. Just unfortunately, he didn't get the reward. Yeah. Um, and then, Sai, uh, the big moment of the, because the two disallowed goals are the decisive moments of the match. Um, and Buemo gets clean through, just like Landfield at last season. And Buemo does get, I think it was 1 0 in that game, then when Buemo goes through and has a big chance uh, and, and doesn't get it. Um, but yeah, he cleaned through again and the holy goalie. And this, it's not been talked about. I think this might be one of the saves of the season. You think it's that good, yeah? Like the reaction, he makes himself so big, but then there's a reaction. He did one last week as well that I talked about, and there's just a small reaction that saves it with his left hand. Uh, And he's like a metre away when he actually, like, flinches. Wow. Yeah, it's remarkable. And he is the best in the goal, the best in the world at it by a mile. He is the very best of Peter Schmeichel, whilst also being a great goalkeeper too. But not in the top 10 FIFA goalkeepers in the world. Absolutely absurd. Absolutely <laughs> absurd. Yeah. This is a phenomenal save. This is absolutely, you know, he's had a game against Newcastle. He kept us in it. We won the game. This is another yes. save for me that is... At game state, you know, it's a, a close game at game state. He saves it. We go on the score, and and we win the game. It, it's he. You can't under undervalue how important he is to our progress this season. Nope. And he's having, in terms of save percentage, now he is clear, um, having his best season ever. Even so, again, for he had a very good season, um, two very good seasons for Roma, um, where he averaged seventy seven and seventy eight percent of all shots saved. Now. 79% for his previous best for Liverpool was 75 in the COVID season, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, uh, oh no, so 78% in um, 
in in eighteen nineteen. But yeah, seventy nine percent save percent rate this rate. That's just unbelievable. And he's I think he's third in the league for post shot xg above conceded as well. Can can I point something out here? Um that we kind of loosely discussed about the last game, right? It all comes about that, that shot, that chance occurs from a breakaway from a corner. Yeah. Um, one that Trent wasn't taking the ball re came out of the box after a header, um, midway through the half. And, uh, Trent was there as the last man to mop it up, put it back in, do the thing Trent does. Right. At that point is five meters centrally and five meters deeper than Mbwemo. Okay. By the time the ball is played, Trent is stood at right back in his own half and Buemo is at centre forward. There is nobody else within 20 metres. Who is he marking? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's the fucking mind. Yeah. I had no idea what he was doing. And Trent caused that, chat, that big chance. He caused it entirely. Yeah. Makes no sense. Um, okay. Uh, so, before we talk about the goals and coming for us, let's now do the, the whole patterns of play and build-up and stuff like that because there was a lot of things to like about us in this game. Like, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I need... Looking at... I said to you guys that the pass, pass network for me, I think up to the first subs is our, is our best of the season mm. in terms of spacing, in terms of front three connections in terms of the positioning of our front three, both in the attacking third and in our own half. We're in the half spaces we want our players to be. The front three are passing to get to each other. I mean, like, they've all got a thick black line between each other. They, I know in those stats weren't, are not great, but I thought his space and his positioning, uh, there, were, there were flashes, and maybe I was looking for it tomorrow, I don't know. Uh, maybe Mac does the same thing. But I thought he, the, the middle three here are positioned better than I'd seen before. And also the thing to note from here, I thought Trent was mixing up inverting and not more in this game than he previously had done, uh, which is also showing that his average position is not as tight in with the six. It is almost in what we would call his traditional uh, flank, should we say. Mo is still more wide than usual, but that seems to be a product rather than a decision this season. Um, but no, I thought in terms of, if you look at that, in terms of what at our best and our passing networks between all of our players as a unit, we are over three strips of the pitch, we are three squares wide and three squares depth. So we've got good depth, good spacing. That, to me, looks like a functioning system. Yes, there are tweaks. We could argue, I, I think, most should be slightly tucked in a bit more and Trent could be wider. But in terms of how we set up as a team, that looks visually the best we've done all season. Um, the duels as well, as you know, I put that on, are, are pushed out wide. We haven't got the pressing data, but... We haven't got an issue with dual centrally at the moment. They're down the flanks, which is what we want. So I, there's a lot to like about our structure from a path network point of view in this game, um, I, I would suggest. Um, second half for us is really strange. I don't really want to talk about that, but that's just a really odd thing because uh, the structural is just goes disappears, but I think that's more to do with subs. And then is a very weird... I I know we spoke about they had some good passing moves, but 
there is no real structure in their past network. It's it's no. very dog legged, if you like. There's sort of <laughs> three dog legs together, and then yeah. there's a straight connection into the front two. There's no passing between the front two. It's just a straight hard line into them, and then you know, go on and go and go and progress the ball, go and do something. So, um, but they were only playing that pass beyond that midfield. So yeah, they yeah, were always. Just two, on, two on two or two on three. Two on three, yeah, 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 100%. Um, so, yeah, I, as I said, I, I, for us, I, I thought structurally, spacing-wise, this is the best I've seen this season. Whether that's in no playing, I don't know. Uh, thoughts, on, thoughts on our general um, general play build-up? I, I, I like that it wasn't Trent's first choice, to first response to every situation to go and stand as a six. Um, that there was interaction between Trent Zobo and uh, Trent Zobo and Mo and Endo, um, and they were they functioned together as a team. I liked it a lot. Um, I wish it was something we did going forward. I, I, I pre- I'm presuming it's it's got to do with the attributes they see in McAllister as opposed to Endo. Um, maybe they think that Trent coming in midfield quicker um, is more protective, more protection for Mac that Endo doesn't need and Endo can just drop between the centre-backs. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's true. Um, but So, so we asked for more flexibility, a bit more pragmatism on the last pod. Um, fair to say we got it then? Yeah, seems that way. Which isn't, That's nice. It's nice yeah. that maybe maybe they maybe it's things, a consequence yeah. maybe it's a consequence of Simi playing rather than yeah and so uh, that Simi can't invert. You've also got well, we, we, to be to be fair, we haven't even talked about inverting Gomez against Toulouse. I mean that the whole cluster. Nah, just... <laughs> to be fair, it's we just over that. It's, it's lost over. But the other thing we said in last pod is is round pegs and round holes, right? Yeah, I was going inside out, which I which I really liked. So yeah. when he's played as an eight before, or when he plays a ten, he was always t- staying centrally all the time, and he was yeah. the one getting into the box. He did that sometimes, but most of the time he was looping around, and um, and then Darwin was dropping, and Jota was going in behind and coming central. So you always had that uh, central and left side of the W uh, high and in space. It's one of the things that we don't do very. I think it's been one of the weaknesses of the of the system is utilizing the space on the left hand side, um, and I thought we did it really well. Yeah, just that um, one, Iguando. Uh, uh, well, so I did. I liked. I made a note of this. The general dynamic between Simicast and Jota, I thought, was really good in this match. Yeah, I thought we had a functioning left side. Hmm. I, I thought Gakpo played well. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, Sidra would have been very critical. Of Gakpo with forty-seven touches in the game. That's a, I know that's incredible. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another because considering how uninvolved he was against Toulouse with twenty-three, I think when yeah, but for, yeah, that that is a very very high level of involvement, Cody Gakpo, very high. But I was so I was watching closely because again another game I didn't watch live. Um, so knowing the outcome and already collected the stats. Um, the number of times he is in a good position in space to receive the ball and he doesn't get pl- passed to staggered me. So it's actively a choice not to give him the ball. It's like you'd think if you got 19 touches in a game, it was because he wasn't getting himself uh, free. 
or wasn't making a, a good angle, but we're actively choosing to not pass to him, whether that's as a decoy for some reason, whether it's deliberately we're passing the ball beyond him, knowing that he's there to back up the uh, counter press. I'm not sure whether it's for spacing. CJ does it with for spacing sometimes. Um, but we gave him the ball a little bit more than we had been. But even then, he, he probably could have had 25 more touches in fairly decent positions on marks. That being said, that um, I saw Simi got called out early in the uh, at, at half time. He was getting a bit of a slandering, um, and um, there were three times in the game where he gave the ball away. Fairly, it looked fairly egregiously that we were broken on because he gave the ball away. And each of those three times, um, he had, uh, they weren't his fault. So one time it was, uh, he picked the ball up deep. He ran 30, 40 meters, but he wasn't at full speed because he was waiting. Darwin and Jota were, were inside of him and he was just waiting for one of them to split to make a move because their, their giant defender was in between. So he was blocking the pass. Yeah. So yeah. he couldn't pass to either of them. There was no and and um and Buemo was behind, uh blocking the outlet to Endo. There was no pass on at all. And he just kept carrying the ball, carrying the ball, carrying the ball, waiting for one of them to make a move. And and eventually he tried a hard pass into Darwin that was picked off. And then um uh, quite a big move that they broke, it led to a cross into the box they shot wide. Um, and it was, he played a really good, just a good ball uh, 30 yards out to Dart, to Gakpo and Gakpo waited to receive it. And, um, a lad nipped in front of Gakpo and it was a perfectly good, accurate ball. If he'd have made one step forward, he'd have received it and he didn't. And it looks terrible for Timmy uh, and it wasn't his fault at all. Sports Social Podcast Network. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. So just context to the numbers sometimes. Nice, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so plenty of positive stuff there and I, I think it's fair to say um also we need to mention Klopp calling out Nunes post match for his work rate uh in particular his closing down and it's a real shame we haven't got the pressing stats from Rosie for this one because I think they would have shown out clearly that 
Nunez was top presser in terms of volume and, you know, and those are all the other things that we look for in terms of production and possession wins and things like that. He was, he was, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Uh, to, yeah. It was very reassuring to see. Stats Bomb had, um, Stats Bomb had, uh, Zobo as top presser and Gakpo and Jota were high. Darwin was fourth. Oh, well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, right. So let's talk about the goals. Um, so, um, we you, we said that Trent was more considered about when to come in, uh, you know, to in, into the sixth position. First goal, he is an essential position inside the centre circle. Uh, he plays a lovely twenty meter vertical ball into Nunes, who plays a lovely little layoff through ball into into Mo and Mo. Just with that, that's that is if that's a trademark finish, uh, side that if there is a trademark Mo finish, that's it, isn't it? That one. That should be. Our play, so we, we should have a play playbook designed around getting Mo into that position. Yeah, yeah. If you want to see what Liverpool goal looks like, Liverpool goal looks like getting Mo into into the top right hand corner of the box. How do we do that? Let's find fifty different ways to make that occur. Yeah, uh, and I don't think it's been occurring very often uh, this season. But no. Yeah, it was brilliant. Everyone felt like he was going to score and uh, it was great. Uh, ironically, Matt, um, that Trent wasn't inverted. It, uh, the play was just down the left-hand side, so he was actually playing right back, uh, just in the middle of the pitch. The Matip won the ball back. They were just about to break and he won the ball back about 50 seconds after he was ridiculously booked, booked for yeah. also winning <laughs> the ball back. Um how Tierney gets to be our referee, I'll never forget. No, I know it's a, it is a fast. Uh, um, my mind. So yeah, I, th- I think there is. A, I think there's a very good. There's a very good point there about is Trent in then in that central position naturally, or is he there because he's inverted? Absolutely. But the, my my all I'm bothered about is the effect of him being in that central position is important because that was a lovely ball into Nunes. Yeah, um, but everybody was over, which meant Mo was yeah. in the right line for the, for that as well. Yeah. Like, so he wasn't yeah. coming from wider, is okay. Was what I meant. Um and Zobo was uh, right in the middle of the pitch to get the get the recovered ball for off Matip, did a lovely little turn into Trent. Trent pinged a great pass in my we talked about it last week. I would I have him as my the big progressor in that goal came from Trent. Yeah. And then um, I presume the XT, the highest XT moment would have been from Trent, and yeah, uh, Darwin made a nice, it, nice little pass inside to Mo. Great finish. Well, he, he topped, um, he topped the XT for this match. Knee again, to, uh, say. Uh, sorry, uh, um, but yeah, Trent? Uh, I think he did. Yeah, just having a quick check now, just to double double check the figures. But uh, where has he gone? Point uh, five six. So yeah, highest XT for the team. So for my mind. Um, my calculations, uh, but like we said last week, that's what Trent's in. That's what Trent can do. Like he literally created a very. I know it was an aerial ball last time that we chatted that we missed last week, but that's what he does. It's yeah. a vertical pass into the front, lay off and score. But last time, vertical pass into the front player, touch and should have finished. So, so that, I got I got Trent... the numbers we didn't have last week when we talked about through balls, but yeah. Um, so um, most through balls in the Premier League this season. Anybody want to have a guess? You took in teams or but you took no, individual, individual, individual. You might be surprised. He's a very good player, but you might be surprised at who it is. Is it a top side? To, to, no, like no, he's Rice? a top player. On a, he's a top player on a mid-table team. Ooh. I mean, it could be like a Tottenham player, right? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the needle. Uh, 
No, is it Lucas, Lucas Villa? Is it Lucas Villa? Pacata. Oh, okay. Lucas Pacata has got 16. Um, Trent, uh, sorry, uh, Egyptian King's got 11, and then Trent's got 10, despite missing five games in the Premier League through injury this season. So, um, in terms of per 90, per, per minute, um, Pakitar is every 61 minutes, through ball every 61 minutes, Trent is every 78, and Salah is every 95. Um, so, yeah, and Trent is also back. Trent top, two top. games through. Was it, two, was it only two, was it? Only two. He's only got 770 minutes in the Premier League. Oh, he's been subbed off a lot. Uh, yeah, he gets subbed off all the time. Yeah, okay, that'll be it then. He's um, been subbed off seven times. That'll be it then. Sorry, I thought it was more getting missed through injury than that. Um, but he's also back top of the, uh, on Mark Harstats' amazing website, absolutely essential bookmark for everybody. Uh, he is back top of the non-cross expected threat uh, with 0.23 um, per 90 this season. And on all XT, including crosses, uh, he is he is fourth with 0.26. But yeah, who's, so that, who's, that, that's that. Who's top of that one? Trippier. Trippier. Oh, right. Trippier gets more yeah. from his crossing and his free does, kicks yeah, than yeah. he does from his open play, from his non cross. He also takes all of the corners. And I was going to say, he takes half. everything. Yeah. And, and, and Trent now doesn't take half the corners because it's Zobo takes them, right? They mix it up, don't they? Same as the free yeah. kicks now. Um, they mix it up between the. the but tr- tr- Trent, Trent's non cross XT is 0.23 this season and he's t- his best in the league. James Madison is second. Yeah. So yeah, there's some you know th- these stats are still evolving. It's only twelve games, um, but just so you know, um, Kevin De Bruyne last season was 0.22 non-cross expected threat. So anything over 0.2 is going to be good. Yeah, uh, I think tr- that's per ninety, right? You talk yeah, about yeah. yeah, 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 and yeah. And Trent currently at uh, what did I say it was? 0.23. 0.23. Yeah, yeah. So what you want? We 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 there's been some a lot of criticism about. Trent's overall numbers declining, and rightly so. But as we said, there's, there has, there's a trade-off. It's the trade-off is for more valuable types of passes from central areas, particularly through balls. It's not the final bit. Yeah, that's what that's the difference. He's not making he's not making high uh, high value contributions to the end of a goal. Yeah, which yeah, is how, the, we, where, how we've traditionally counted up this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's okay. not in the hot zone anymore, is he? He's he's the guy who puts the ball into the zone for the chance to be curated. We should think that would be um, like that would add, add up towards uh, hockey's, but it doesn't. Doesn't that? Because no. it can be the, well, the ho- fast back, can't it? It can be the furthest. It can be quite far back in their chain. Well, he got the hockey for the for the first goal. But yeah, there hasn't been yeah. that many. Ho- is it, did he say he's only had two hockey's this season? Three. Three, okay. Yeah. All right, second goal. Um, another hockey assist, this time from Jota uh, into Simi. And then the uh, controversial, <laughs> in quotes, um, the Newcastle style, um, was it over the line, was it not over the line? Uh, and then and come to you, say again, because people who talk about there's no such thing as a big chance header, I give you Mo Salah. I thought it was a great header as well. It was just, he just guided yeah. it, steered it. Into the into the, right into the exact window it could go in without the keeper doing anything about it. Yeah, and the keeper gave up, didn't he? He saw it was on yeah. target and he gave. Yeah, I'm not going to get that. Yeah, yeah. Don't the yeah. defender though. They they all kind of went. They were all claiming for the cross being out, weren't they? Mm. Perfect. 
The, uh, but, he, he missed a big chance early uh, in this at the end of the second uh, first half, didn't he? Oh, he I, did. I didn't. I, I've had to watch that this evening because I missed it entirely. Wonderful ball from Trent, wasn't it? Trent lofts it to the back post. It's one of those that Mo, because Mo is very good at expecting the unexpected, and for some reason. I don't think he expected the ball to drop to him because Brentford are that tall, but it just comes over the defender's head and, and Mo first time puts it straight over the bar. I think that's point four, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, da, 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 right foot volley, point yeah. five. Point five. It was it was a big one. Um, I'm not sure it was actually that big, but um, right foot reaching, like the context, if, if they use one of their more advanced... Uh, data sources I think the context of like the of how far in front of him it was on the volley as a dropping right foot volley I think that's it's a harder chance than a point five. I don't think 50% of people score that no No. I have to say what I expected I would have expected Mo to score it more times than not sure so say 12 goals four assists this season now Um, the consistency of his output across all the matches is just phenomenal it's not. There's no streaks. There's no stat pattern. There's no bunching. It's it's just consistent match by match. It's that astonishing level of consistency. He is just regularly brilliant, isn't he? Um, I I read uh, a couple of quotes from uh, Darwin and from Virgil, and they both called him the best player in the world this uh, this year. Um, I think it's hard to argue with. Yeah, this is who else is around? Well, the only other one is Allison, and they're not going to give it to a goalie, are they? No, uh, they're never, goalies never get him. Yeah, yeah. Two hundredth league goal, two hundredth Premier. Two hundredth goal. goal in two hundredth goal in English football. Yeah, because he scored two for Chelsea. But yeah, so he'll score his two hundredth league goal for Liverpool soon enough. Anyway, probably before he, the end of this is, season. He, and he is about to crush all of the legends in uh, that have scored two hundred goals per minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's above all the modern day players now, isn't he? On the on the list because he went above Gerrard. So, and I think next one across, next one above him on the all time list is one of the pre war players, isn't he? Yeah, he needs like twenty goals to get to the next one. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a gap now. Um, but yeah, just an astonishing level of consistency from Mo Salah this season. He's, he, he he would. Here's a question, Sai. Um, no player has ever won the um, Player of the Year three times in the Premier League era. Mo is amongst three players, I think, have done it twice, or four players have done it twice. If he wins it again this season, which he could well, the argument to say he's the best ever player in the Premier League. I, I think he's top three for sure. Henri's won it twice. Ronaldo, no. Shearer's won it twice, I think. Yeah. yeah but no one's ever won it three times. No. Like, I, won it twice. I would, I would, I don't know. It's, it's hard to go against like, the utter brilliance of Thierry Henry mm-hmm. and yeah. Shearer was unbelievable and what he means to the Premier League, but the volume that and and getting to the, the longevity <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. of Mo's performance, just the consistency is unbelievable. So yeah. he is Aguero is the is the quiet assassin in in yeah, the yeah. best Premier League players that we didn't get enough assist, no one so. ever talks about Aguero. Didn't when, get enough assists compared to Henri and Salah. Oh, but, go, but but golden minutes for golden assists. He's, he's yeah. uh, he is with Thierry Henry. He's actually way better than you think. All right, um, okay. So that those three are out on their own. 
compared to anybody else. Then Kane is like fourth, and I think he's like 15 minutes behind them. So is Henri still top in terms of minutes for goal involvement? Yeah. And how far ahead of Salah is he? Uh, I don't, I'm not, I didn't get that up, but uh, it was not far, it was like three minutes. All right, okay, so it was really quite close. Sorry. Yeah, it's very close, yeah. And and it might actually, and I haven't looked at that this season, and Mo's gone down. So yeah, Mo might no. actually be below him and uh, a while ahead of him now because Mo is at point uh, sixty-seven minutes this season. Yeah, I think Mo's been phenomenal. I, the only thing that worries for me for the awards is the timing because isn't the voting going to be when he's in Fcon? Probably. Uh, no, they put it back. They, they put it. They've back. moved him back. Okay, because you know because he's away, isn't he? For that period, it's only a short period. Of time. People always think it's a long time, but that often is inhibited. But how many how many times has De Bruyne won it? That query. He's twice. Twice as well. So yeah, though, Salah yeah. this season is sixteen. He's got sixteen goal involvements in twelve hundred and sixty-one minutes all comps. That's every seventy-nine minutes. And he was robbed one at Swap Tottenham. So oh, oh, don't start. Right. Anyway, I'm just saying that that would have been a consecutive games, right? Yeah. And now, one other thing I wanted to mention about the second goal um, was there was a really interesting tweet put out by a pro refereeing account. I, d- I didn't realize there was such a thing on Twitter. Anyway, it's a, it's, it's something I don't know if it's affiliated to Pogmore or what. Um, but it was, um, and it was done for the Ars- It was done for the Newcastle game, and then it was retweeted for the Liverpool game. And there was a fella who'd set up the width of a goal line in his living room, and he positioned the ball on yeah, that, yeah, and that, it yeah. was one cent. It was one centimeter over the line. I think he t- positioned the ball so it was one centimeter over the line, and then he took two photos of it: one from directly over the ball, and he could see a tiny bit of the ball over the line, and one from an angle. Uh, foreshortening that 30 degree angle where the ball looked like it was short or over the line, didn't it? And uh, that optics are so important when it comes to the goal line decisions. And I think the Arsenal one, the Arsenal Newcastle one, really. Um, it's really also knowing the rule, well. though. It's not, it's the ball, it doesn't matter whether the ball's touching the floor or not. The ball has to be over the line. The whole of the ball has to be over the whole of the line. And that can be in the air as well as on the floor. And people mm. get this thing about, oh, it's it's over the line on the air, but they forget the fact that that's not the rule. Mm. The rule is the sphere of the ball is still over the line, even though the bottom of the ball could be touching the ball out of the line. It's mm. still in play. Yeah. And that's what people get, I think, get misled on the, on the, on the rule. This was... In play, night and day, Mo finishes it. Thank you very much. So that even if it went to VAR, there was nowhere near it, but we're not going to overturn it because it was not clear and obvious. No, it went to VAR as well. Yeah. Oh, did it? So they checked yeah, it. Yeah, it went, went to VAR and checked it. Yeah. So, so anyway, importance of optics is is, is really, on, on angles is really important when you look at 2D 100%. images. Okay. Uh, and then to finish off, uh, we've already mentioned it once, Diego, well, twice this show, Diego Jota, woof, I think is the phrase to say. <laughs> that, was a, that was a peach. It was brilliant. Uh, he had a shot. It, what after what you were saying about um, the timing of the the game and when the periods of domination um, from our second uh, between our second goal and um, our third goal, we had something like I get that page back at all. Oh, Got the wrong sheet of my 436. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we had uh, 68 touches and they had 58 touches and they had three touches in the box. We had two touches in their box um, and they had more XG than we did. Um, 
but the the and then we had two shots in the final twelve in the final thirty three minutes we had uh, two shots and they were both Jota from um, the same move. He the ball dropped out to him. He tried. He volleyed it. It broke back at the box. We picked it up. Slid down the side. Hmm. Um, played back into him. Timmy played it back into him. A nice easy ball on the edge of the box. Yeah. He shimmied twice and then just curled it beautifully into the far post. Yeah. Yeah, it was lovely. It was it was like uh, a FIFA just R one shot. <laughs> oh, nice. side nice. nice. Actually, a FIFA and Jota is the the world most famous FIFA player because he, he's a celebrity FIFA player. He is. Apparently, he's absolutely shit hot today, isn't he? Yeah, he is. yeah, he's he's in the world finals a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I was a fan as well. So wonder if he plays himself, picks himself in his FIFA team. <laughs> Got to, uh, isn't it? I mean, if you're in that, that position, you should he's, probably, he's probably got he's probably getting input into EA to to get them to boost his stats all the time. Anyway, exactly, exactly. Oh yeah. my word! Uh, right, okay. And the other thing we need to talk about finally about um, the internet was very very excited about Virgil Van Dyke in this game, and rightly so. Yeah, the because size right after that third goal, they put on uh, 0.5 xg, I think it is roughly, and we put on nothing. It flatlines after our second mm. goal. To be fair, we put on hardly anything. So they did have a couple of big chances, and I have to say that goal line clearance from VVD on 75, 80 minute or somewhere around that time. That's the best I've seen. But that's the best thing I've seen Virgil do for probably a year. I just thought he was absolutely outstanding. You know, we said about the intensity yeah. interludes not being there. This period of time, you had Matip throwing himself at crosses, VVD chasing back and clearing the stuff off the line to protect that. Do you know the one? Do, do you know the one I liked was when Embuemo put got put oh, down stood the up, side, stood him up, put down the side, and, yeah. he, and he kept pace, and then he put it behind for the corner. And he put it over for a corner. But from that the corner, ones you, we had three yeah. or four of them, and he ends up clearing one off the line. I mean, that was just. It was outstanding, VVD. I thought VVD was captain. We're not conceding it. And yeah. I thought he was brilliant. But yeah, you're right. That turn of pace he showed. Um, but, also, showed but, but, but also, but also, quite the effort to get back in and track and, and, yeah. and, and block it behind us. Because that's what we've been questioning for quite a long time. Those that, that The dirty work. Yeah, but he has been, I think we've also said, to give him his dues, he has been slowly, like his aerial win weight was 85.6 feet in this game. He's slowly been bringing those stats back up to his, his levels. Yeah. And this, for me, this is, this is the best I've seen him play for for year for, for a year. I thought some of his passing, I mean, the ball... Switches were back. Switches back into Mo, Mo controls it and then fizzes it outside the foot into Nunes, probably a little bit higher for a cross, uh, midway through second half. That that kind of switch into Mo, that out ball was was there. I I can't eulogise enough. I mean, he was just I thought he was back to being the best centre half in the league. Say, anything on Verge? Uh I thought he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I thought he'd Back to playing really well. I didn't think this was like a classic game or anything. I thought he was fine in it. Yeah, they well, they created what more than I would hope uh, if he's the best in the world currently playing as the best in the world. Mm. So I think he had a fine game and great. He put a bit of effort in right at the end, which we haven't seen for a, for a year and a half. Mm. Yeah, we haven't seen it for a year and a half uh, until six weeks ago. Mm. So he does look like. It's consistently doing the hard effort, well, and think, and he looks like he's enjoying it again. And he didn't yeah. look like he could yeah, yeah. be asked. 
Well, yeah, it looked like his body couldn't be couldn't do the things he wanted it to do anymore. So it was frustrating. But he looks he looks quick. I think since I think since he's come back into the team after the red card suspension. Yeah, 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 yeah it's pretty, exactly. Yeah, what it is. He's been pretty good since that that at that point. Maybe he had time to reflect on his uh, on things when he was out. But yeah, when when your best three players are playing really well, this is a good sign for Liverpool. You know, Mo, Verge, Ali. And Trent, we've already praised Trent. Trent's, Trent's output is still really good, just different. And Dom yeah. weren't bad in this game either, I have to say. Yeah, in a different way. In a different yeah. way, but he's doing the job in midfield with a bit of finesse when he needs it. You know, I, I think that's fine. So, so Dom is Dom is the top five. Dom is your fifth most important player. Is he is in the top five now? Is he? Stri- yeah, because it's the plus and minus. You've taken out an empty yeah. shirt and you've put in Dom, who offers you <laughs> way more than that. And I know it's being harsh, but he is. He's oh, literally no. given us. He's given us output from the right eight, which we haven't had. And I think that's really important. Channel down the middle of the park that we've got a a good performing player in every unit of the pitch. That's critical for us to succeed. It really is. Yeah. Anyway, we will be back. Oh, actually, before we, that, before we wrap up, Sai, anything I've missed? Any other business, chaps? We won the sprints again, and oh. Darwin, for the first time, clocked 11K in a game. What a big deal for a- Big oh, deal for forward. There's a part. Now that's what Kloppo was talking about with his work rate, wasn't it? 11k. There you go. That is rare. There's so there's quite a lot of uh, of half line, uh, halfway line transition moments where he had we had where he had a, an 80 or 90 yard sprint on his own. Yeah, there you go. That I'll keep the boys on the Discord chat extremely happy. Darwin hits 11k and and the sprints are up there. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Sai. Thank you, Bart. We will be back during the international break for another um, another review and preview of the of the uh, the, the, the post international break period. And Sai, you're back tomorrow doing a fatigue index. Yeah, just there seems to be a topic of uh, I've covered it. To 500,000 times, but the travel and the international break yep. at 12.30 kickoff, there was there was a chat that uh, that picked up a bit of a storm in the last week. Yeah, uh, sports science colleagues, so there's not unanimity, is there, among sports science colleagues? It should be fine. Uh, well, oddly, uh, it's uh, a sports science colleague who is a Liverpool fan yeah. um, and uh, a bunch of other Premier League uh, sports scientists. So the banter still exists, even among sports scientists. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so if you like, if you like, listen to Sai, get on fatigue index. That'll be out yeah, by the end of the week, and we will be back um, on Monday next week for an international break pod, and we may have some under pressure news. So stay tuned, people. Until then, up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows.